Hello, and welcome back to Giant Talk. If you're a regular listener, you'll know me as Roger. I am the founder and chairman of There Be Giants, and uh, very much the proud host of the world's longest-running OKR podcast, Giant Talk. And like I said, for those of you that are regular listeners, you'll also know that we regularly have very, very interesting conversations around OKRs and all things to do with OKRs. And very much in that vein today, I'm delighted to be joined by Rachel Bennett from HR Fusion. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Roger. Now, Rachel and I have known each other for a while, and we were kind of reflecting on some uh, common experiences, weren't we, about six months ago uh, around the organisations that you worked in and uh, the, the clients that we dealt with. And and that's what we're here to talk about today. But before we dive into that, can you just share with the listeners a little bit about your story, what you've done, what you're doing now? That sort yeah, of thing? absolutely. Um, so firstly, thank you for having me. Um, I am a HR professional. I've been in HR for many years 20 plus years um so probably been there and done that on most most things in hr um hence why the conversation around sort of collaborative working was of real interest to me um i yeah. recently six months ago um left the corporate world to try a different act in hr and become more of a hr consultant um really passionate about culture and cultural change and just felt that i might be able to help organizations with cultural change if i was a consultant assisting HR directors rather than being the HR director. Um, so very, very new to this journey. So yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So that's that's really interesting. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in that 20 years, I'm sure you've seen HR go through many, many different uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, transformations in itself, Absolutely. really. What would you say, I'm curious, actually, what would you say is the, is the, it is is represents the biggest shift from where it was where it used to focus twenty years yeah. ago to where it fo- generally focuses now. Um, it's, it's had a huge shift, and and actually probably just before I joined in HR, HR was predominantly known as personnel. So it was, it was typical it? Yeah. tea and sympathy. And I remember one of the <laughs> first jobs I had in the in the finance world, um, HR was there, literally there for you to go in and, you know, tell your woes to and, and very much counselling, etc. Um, but it shifted through to um, much more of a operational service to start with so much more around mm. you know making sure the payroll's done making sure that um, casework's done and learning and development but now it's shifting very much more to a seat at the table i see a lot of people yeah. with a seat at the table so a lot more conversations around how people drive businesses as well as processes um, etc so yeah. um huge shift um and shift in the right direction but a long way to go um and like yeah. I say, this links beautifully into this kind of cross-team working and how we're stronger if if we're working together. Yeah, which nicely leads on to the subject that we're here to kind of chew over yeah. today. And that is when when we had our heads together six months or so ago, we were reflecting on the fact that a lot of organisations still seem to struggle with cross-functional working, yeah. weren't we? Um, and that silos are really, really 
present. Mm. I, in fact, I was only just talking to someone on a, on a podcast um, uh, recently, and I, I don't know if this is a term, but siloification. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> siloification seems to be quite still quite prevalent, even though we've got no end of technologies and so on and so forth and practices yeah. and, uh, and, and and new methods which are supposed to help with collaboration yeah. a lot of organizations are still struggling with it yeah. so you know do you want to just uh, share with the listeners what the focus of the, yeah. of the piece of research was that you've Absol- done? Absolutely. So, so the research was in two parts. So there was very much the academic side of the research and then a little bit of testing it out, I suppose, on, on practitioners to see you know what their thoughts were. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the research didn't bring any surprises up really but it was it was good to, to do but actually from an academic point of view um in one of the one of the research papers from a company called PGI um they found that cross t- cross functional working can increase innovation by up to 15% so there's actual kind of proof out there from their surveys that it, it actually helps um faster processes um gives you a lot more robust results um, and improves that creativity and innovation. So, so that was that was really interesting because from a practitioner that's been out there, when I see cross-team yeah. team working, if you take, for example, I don't know, a HR department designing, I don't know, a reward project, for example, if they did that in isolation um, and don't involve colleagues or payroll or finance um then actually they're going to come across an awful lot of problems whereas having that cross team working and having the, the right people in the room um means that they can get there faster without so hiccups mm. um so mm. so definitely from the external research um it's it you know it, it shows 15 percent more collaboration but there is another side to it, um, which was quite surprising, um, which was around 75% of cross-team um, working doesn't actually work. Um, so that's quite interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can you just expand on that yeah, a bit Yeah, absolutely. Us? So um, according to um, it's a Harvard Business Review, it is quite an old Harvard Business Review, so maybe maybe it's worked going forward a little bit more now. Um, but it does actually say 75% of the cross-team functions fail um, in at least three of the following five, to five criteria. So they talk about meeting budgets. So there's an issue meeting budgets, mm. um, staying on schedule, so a lot of wondering, um, adhering to spec, so whether they actually stay on the, the, the spec that's given in the first place, um, meeting customer expectations, um, and then managing alignment to their company goals. So what they're saying is, yes, in one publication, yes, it's good and can help innovation by up to 15%, but if you don't do it properly, then 75% mm. is going to fail, which therefore arguably means you're going to be in a worse situation than was you was before you started yeah that's that's interesting i i mean you you say that that is a paper that is from a number of years ago i i reading reading that or listening mm-hmm. listening to that uh, i i i get a sense that that's probably through the use of maybe i suppose you might say more traditional yeah. methods i wonder if if there was a more agile, iterative approach that was being taken, yeah. you know, that 
cyclical. We check in every week, every couple of weeks or so on to make sure that we are on track and so on and so forth. I wonder whether that can go some way to, to sort of, you know, addressing some of the, uh, uh, the the points, potential points of failure that you mentioned. Yes, there. certainly. Mm. Um, and, and you know, talking to some of the people um, that are, are working cross-functionally, you know, people are using a lot more things like Scrum and Agile working yeah. and the OKR method also came up. So I think, you know, from the research we're doing is very much around, it's great and it does work, but you've got to you've got to invest mm. in it you've got to put processes in place you've got to look at the company culture and and how the people are working mm. you've got to get the right people in the room together and you've got to have to get the best results you need to have quite a structured process um you know the research did show that cross team working in an organic way still does work mm. um but i would mm. suggest that's when you've got a great culture that's when you've got you know yeah. your real self-managing cultures yeah. um which yeah. self-managing culture when it's working i don't think you can beat it i think it's fantastic but they are quite progressive organizations that do that mm. so i think they could take that organic approach to this whereas i think a lot of um hierarchical structured cultures um Personally, mm. I think you know they they need that project management board and they need the the regular check ins and etc. Yeah, they need a bit of governance yeah. around it, don't they? I suppose yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, what we what we've come to find is that when a a, a cross functional team needs to kind of uh, spool up, so to speak, yeah. spin up, um, it can bring together people that perhaps have never even yes. worked before. And let's, let's not forget that the good old team dynamics, you know, they need time to yeah. form uh, before they can really crack on with the work. Now, if you're talking about a, a you know, getting a, 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 getting a team to focus on a, on an objective that might only last for uh, the, yes. a quarter, they've got a huge amount of time to kind of do that forming. So they have to be able to kind of gel really quite quickly. And so we, we have kind of like a, yes, a toolkit, yeah. which, which the, uh, the head of that team can use, but also, uh, you know, the OKR coaches that we train up, they can, uh, they can also um, assist with that as well to facilitate it uh, as, as yeah, you go through. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what else did you find? Um, for well, us, just on on the, the part that you were talking about, some of the things that, that you guys do, um, you know, some of the top kind of the top tips, I suppose, that's in the report around successful collaboration. So, you know, we've talked about it can be successful, but we've talked about, you know, 75% of the time, it's not always successful. So, you know, looking at the how you can make it successful, absolutely, some of the tools that we, we've just talked about. Um, one of the um, the tips to boost the success of cross-team working that's in the report um, very much talks about assembling your team carefully. So exactly what you just said, um, you've got to make sure the right people are in, in the room. You've got the experts there that can hit the ground running um, and, and that can move forward. Mm. Again, it does talk about hosting the meeting. So making sure you've got an accountable person there, somebody there that is hosting it, that's 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 accountable to make sure the meeting's happening, etc. And tracking the progress. That's a, that's the number three is to make sure that progress is tracked. 
partly in my opinion to make sure you're still celebrating successes because a lot of the time we forget to celebrate where we've come from and we keep focusing all the time on where we're going and um, the fourth one is very much around making the most of your meetings. Um, so, you know, making sure that those meetings are open and honest and transparent, you know, mm. helping people to mm. be in a safe place that they can ask that stupid question because that stupid question might be the one that holds them up. <laughs> um, and, and then having that kind of real transparent decision making. I've, I've actually been on quite a few projects in my time where you've got a really great structure. Um, and everything's going brilliantly, mm. but you don't know who's who can make the decisions. So that is a really crucial one because what happens is you bottleneck. So you go so far and then somebody yeah. says, oh, well, um, we need somebody to make this decision. And they go, oh, we'll take it away as an action. Well, actually make sure that person's in the room. That yeah. action shouldn't need to go away. You know, so I think that goes yeah. right back to that. Assemble your team carefully. Or there's that, or the there's sufficient empowerment yeah. in place to for, for the people in the room to make that decision without having totally. to pull that 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 man that manager yeah. or leader and, in. And I I would absolutely mm. argue that 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 latter point is is the more crucial. I think you really do need the right people in the room that can make the decisions um, so that that project mm -hmm. can can move forward. Again, a lot depends on what the project is um, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot around, you know, how um, our clients are using OKRs that kind of fits yeah. with this. Um, you know, assembling your team carefully. Yes, you have to uh, look at which areas need to make the greatest contribution towards that particular mm. OKR, and that then guides you as to where you should be then inviting individuals from, and then you can kind of look at your shortlist yeah. in those areas and then – uh, and then invite them along. Um, and, you know, you said about making mm. meetings count. We've always talked about having, um, particularly when it gets to doing the check-ins, the regular check-ins, making sure that they're really short and sweet and very focused um, because I, 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 I'm acutely aware that, you know, time is in more in some respects often more valuable than money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, and and to have, uh, you'll know as well as I do. Um, there are organisations that just kind of run on nothing but yeah, meetings hopefully. all the time, and you you just think, oh my god, how that's, much waste is there? Yeah, how much absolutely. Waste is there? Yeah, and it is. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to somebody earlier actually about the power of um, reflection. Um, and and actually, mm. you know, we it's important I think for us all to remember that we we are all different individuals, um, and we all have different kind of drivers. So some of us are hurry up drivers and yeah. and perfectionists, and and so you know to get a team together to work on a project, they're all going to have different kinds of maps of the world of where they've come from to be in that project. So mm -hmm. I think it's taking all of that into account, um, and and just giving it a real nod as well for diversity um, and diversity of thought mm -hmm. in these projects um it's massive um and the more diverse that you can get your project group um with that empowerment um you know you're, you're going to get a, a better 
outcome at the end of it. Um, and the, the last point on that as well is around this concept of accountability versus responsibility. Um, I think that's a real key mm. one that I learned a, a few years ago around having that um, every project should have an end-to-end -end accountable leader. Um, and then you have the people in the room that are responsible for certain things. And quite often, you you know, you hear the saying, don't you, too many cooks. Um, so, and it's quite often mm. a lot of projects will have more than one accountable leader. Well, you don't need that. You need one mm. accountable leader and then, you know, people responsible for different elements of that project. Um, so it is mm. all about trying to get it to be a kind of a slick machine, as it were, that's going through, but that still gives that um, ability for people to be able to think for themselves and have that time to reflect sure. and, you know, have walking meetings and, you know, looking after people's well-being at the same time. Yeah, well, I mean, the reflective practice shows through in in, in the um, in, in retrospective mm, yeah. activity uh, and you know that 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 pause if only just for five minutes just to look back yeah. and ask the question could it have worked better what has worked really well that absolutely. we need to reinforce yeah uh, absolutely <clears throat> and, uh, yeah yeah okay all right um so in terms of um effectiveness of 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 cross-functional yeah. working um you know you mentioned that that uh that 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 stat from earlier on where 75% yeah, cross-functional <laughs> efforts fail. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Like I said, I, 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 I do kind of have a certain amount of yeah. curiosity around that because it may be not Absolutely. necessarily reflective of, 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 modern, of, of modern practice. But um, how do you go about how – do, how does an organisation go about judging whether actually – it's worth putting the effort into cross-functional mm. working. How, what sort of payback can they expect? Well, that was a really interesting one. And actually probably one of the curious things out of the whole of this research project, because we've seen as we've gone through that arguably, yes, it works to help innovation. Arguably, it doesn't work as much as we would like because we need to have these these things in place. But when you start coming to towards the sort of the latter end of the of the questions, we start looking around, you know, measuring the effectiveness. Um, and mm. from um, the people that we've spoken to, um, a lot of people um, don't actually measure the effectiveness. Um, so the, that was one of the big surprises that, that a chunk of those people didn't measure it, actually want to measure it, but not sure how to measure it. Um, so, so that what part was, mm -hmm. was fundamental. And I think, you know, going back on ourselves, some of the things that people did do that they, they sort of measured was working groups. They set up working groups. It was definitely the most popular kind of way of working, which was 73% of the people said that that helps collaborative working with working groups. But they didn't really have a way of measuring whether that was successful or not. Um, it was just a way of, right. of doing things. Then the kind of OKRs um, was actually the second most popular, um, but actually was measurable um, because of the system that you go through. There is a set measurable way there. Um, and yeah. um, 
Then the second two on there was um, Agile Project Management and Self-Management Teams. Um, and both of those um, were a lot more measurable as well. So it was interesting that the thing that most people want to use top was working groups, which they can't measure so well, um, followed by some, some more sort of structured ways. Um, the tools that when we started going into some of the detail about, well, OK, what do you do to try and measure the effectiveness, you know, it was things like informal one-to-ones. Um, well, that's an interesting one because what do we mean by that? Do we mean we've picked up the telephone to somebody to have a conversation with them yeah. or, or is it set sort of, you know, Friday morning at 10 o'clock, we've had a, 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 a you know, an informal one-to-one. Um, there was the obvious things around um, individual objectives being set. Um, but again, there was that kind uh -huh. of, yes, they're set and they're not revisited for a year. Um, so are they still relevant and et cetera. Um, and um, using project management um, summary reports was, was a popular one. Um, and I think, you know, from in my own experience sometimes that's more around you you've got to you've got to you know if you've put um something in um on a project you need to be reporting to the board or the exec mm -hmm. on on those kind of the way that project's working so i wasn't surprised to see that one sitting there um and then somebody somebody actually said they it's measured by profit so they they do go through a structured process and when it's it's project a profit driven um but the other people didn't measure um didn't measure but want to which was the crucial part it wasn't a, a we don't measure it we're not bothered it was a we don't measure it but we want to but we're not quite sure how to yet do you know it feels like you could almost build a yeah. maturity model out of this <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely couldn't yeah. you couldn't you you know uh because there's a number of different um mm. variables yeah. spectrums even you know you've you've got you've got kind of loose Loosely defined working groups yeah. that are popular, but there's no real measurement of of, yeah. of, of of success with them. Going to the other end of the spectrum where you've got something a little bit more transparent, a little bit more uh, measurable, like the various different project management approaches yeah. like Agile and so on. Um, but then you've got a whole mix of Absolutely. things in between. As and, well. and, you know, yeah. my I can't prove this. This is more my gut instinct. My gut instinct is comes back to something you mentioned earlier on in the conversations around back-to-back -back meetings. And, and I think, you know, from, from mm. a cultural point of view, so many, certainly, certainly HR professionals that I talk to, um, are, are trapped in this busyness culture, let's say, um, where they are literally going from one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next. So taking time out to actually reflect and think about the project and, you know, kind of work out a way that something's going to work kind of feels like a little bit of a luxury. Um, so what happens is hmm. they set up um, project meetings or, you know, um, working groups, because that's a quicker win to do. So, you know, the advice there yeah. would definitely be, you know, take a step back, um, start, do some reflection. If you, if you want a pro a proper kind of, um, project management tool, there's, there's lots of different types that mm. you can use, mm. or you just take a step back and, and design something that's more in house. But I do think a lot more, time and reflection is needed because we didn't speak to anybody that didn't care or didn't want to do this it was very much this you know this is what they do because that's what they've got time to do okay okay so from yeah. from the research 
uh, and listening to what um, what people told you, if you were to advise our listeners on how best to approach this, let's let's assume that they yeah. haven't started uh, 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 cross functional working at this moment in time. What are the three or four main points that you would give them? to say these are the things you need to focus on if you want to get really good at yeah so i think um the first one would be to get a structured approach um you know like i say organic can work but i'd definitely start off with structured to start with Mm. i think organic's got its place when you know what you're doing if if you know what i mean um so i I think the first Mm. and foremost thing is to start working up um, a structure that that would work for your organization secondly would then be to have that kind of um systematic approach that that's going through that process for you so that you know that you know you have a stand up on a monday morning you have cool down on a Friday or whatever the the case may be and then the last one would definitely be around your governance um, making sure you've got a really strong governance um, making sure that you you are doing your minutes of your meetings making sure that you know actions are being covered that people are held to accountable I definitely would add in there that kind of point I was making about having an accountable leader um, or accountable person whatever you Mm. want to call them um, but then having the people that are responsible because that helps filter into your governance to make sure that things are are moving forward Um, and then it's that kind of case of keeping a a really close eye on this um, making sure that improvements are are being done but also being flexible because you you might think something's going to work and then a week later it's not don't keep doing it just because that's what's in your plan adapt your plan Um, quite often I see people um, you know this is what I've got to do I've got to go from A to B and I'm not stopping well no sometimes you've got to go around the reekin at the same time Um, so yeah so um, kind of having um, a a really kind of structured governance and systematic approach Um, but the last say from me on that would be massively bad don't forget to have some fun and celebrate success because we we, mm-hmm. we really forget that we're at work a long time. We've got to love what we do, and we've got to have some fun doing it. Um, yeah. And that's that's a really key part of it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point, and it's always easier to yes. focus in on <laughs> the things that are not working at the, at the expense Absolutely. of the things that Absolutely. are. Working. And if you've got a cracking yeah. team, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, don't overwork them. Let them celebrate some successes, and you know, yeah, we're all human, and we. You know, we're all there to do a good job. Mm. I once read a um, about I can't remember the the leader, but he was he, he was he was the head of some big yeah. agency in London, and they had a model whereby they actually put teams right. out to pasture for a while once yeah. they'd finished on a client project. So there was kind of like a two week period where they could not Brilliant. be assigned Love to it. another client. They they were they were given a bit of time to decompress. I mean, I I have a I have a feeling that they probably wanted their pound oh, of totally. flesh when they were. But you know that, but it swings <laughs> and roundabouts, isn't it? And and so yeah. often, so often, mm. I speak to to people that are just burnt out. Um, and and you know mm. that that having that time out and you know introducing cultural things like walking meetings or you know a bit more flexibility and agile ways of working you know that's Mm. that's where we're going as a a nation so i think we need to make sure we bring that into our projects um so yeah i I really quite like the idea of having the time out um as well i think if you've got the right people 
um, they will probably use their time out to, you know, reflect and do some reading and listen to podcasts. Them. do you know what i mean so yeah, they're not exactly. they're not just lazing around you know people people that are genuinely um interested in what they work on will work well rachel thank you so much for providing us with that run through of the main findings of the of the research and uh, I, uh, I i think we're going to be publishing the report pretty soon so we're, uh, I can't say exactly where people can download it from, but what I can say is yeah, it will be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you want to grab yourself a copy, just have a look at the show notes and you'll find uh, the necessary link in there. But if, if people want to reach out to you directly, um, Rachel, I'm, how can I'm they on do LinkedIn that? Um, and I have a website as well, which is hr-fusion.co.uk lovely and it's uh, for those that might want to find you on linkedin it's rachel bennett brilliant okay lovely well rachel thank you so much for joining us today pleasure and thank you to those that have joined us to uh, tune in and i look forward to speaking to you all again soon on another episode of giant talk take care now